Welcome to The S Word, the podcast where we dig deep and ask the tough questions about what it actually means to be sustainable. I'm your host, Laura Francois, and with me, Ray Paddett. And today we talk about zero waste. A couple months ago, we came across a really interesting article um, that Vox published online. And they talk about how zero waste is really become this very feminine shift, especially online. If you hashtag zero waste, um, you see a slew of Instagram influencers, if you will, that are really adopting this lifestyle. And it looks like, you know, a whole bunch of pretty mason jars with um, homemade labels, net bags for your groceries, uh, maybe like a beautiful tainted glass jar to hold your um, toothpaste or your deodorant that you obviously have made on your own at home. This is kind of like the look and feel like the Pinterest board of zero waste. They say, and I quote, researchers have been studying the existence of the second shift when women come home after a full-time job to do the majority of cleaning and childcare for almost 30 years. Now, the question of whether pursuing a zero-waste lifestyle simplifies women's lives or constitutes yet another, maybe green shift, hangs heavy over the zero-waste movement, unquote. Now, this is really, really interesting to us because there's this whole idea that people like Bia Johnson, who's a really famous um, zero-waster who oftentimes she's been known to have even popularized um, this idea of zero waste at home. And she's even written a book called zero waste home. And she really just talks about like, you know, how to, how to go plastic free grocery shopping. How do you do your laundry? How do you raise kids? Um, by being zero waste. Um, and this kind of just like, this just proves that, you know, what these researchers have been studying in terms of, you know, the amount of work that goes into, um, you know, homemaking, are we going back to that in some way? Are we, are we shifting with this whole dare I say, trend of zero waste, shifting back to that movement. So today we're speaking with Melissa Lam, aka Bamboo Straw Girl, as a woman here in Singapore who's um, very, very focused on this lifestyle of minimizing her own waste and also helping others minimize theirs through her company and through her own journey. I didn't actually call it zero waste when I first started on this like six years ago. It was just like, let's be more conscious about the things that we use. So I don't think that we'll ever reach that zero. It's just the name for the movement generally. Can you take us one step back of you mentioning the six years? What yeah. had gotten you to be inspired and do the zero waste lifestyle? Okay. So six years, actually more than six years now. I I keep saying six years, but years pass and then I don't realize. So <laughs> you probably, forget to update. Yeah, I forget to years. update my yeah my brain that the yeah. years have passed. So it's been probably more because now I'm 28. So maybe 10 years plus ago, I started backpacking a lot, wow. and I made friends with a lot of people who worked on organic farms and we would go hiking a lot and that's when as a city kid I realized I actually really like being in nature I like hiking a lot I guess that's something that you grew up with right Laura but <laughs> we don't we don't grow up with it here and like the highest we've gone is like Bukit Timah Hill which is <laughs> pretty not so high so when I went hiking with my friends and camping and stuff and we spent so much time in nature um, we, I, I realized that we thought a lot about the things that we brought into nature. So there was one photo that really changed my point of view. We were all around a campfire and we had 
um, packed a lot of rations from 7-Eleven. So they were all in plastic bags. And my friend took this really nice, like, so romantic picture all around campfire. And then when I zoomed in, I was like, oh my God, those plastic bags, so ugly, <laughs> you know? And why are we bringing all these things into nature? Uh, and we were right next to a river. So before we left that night, we had to use our phone torches to check, did we leave anything behind? Um, is anything going to wash off into the water? And moments like this really make you consider um, the things that we use every day that we don't really think about. So uh, going back to what you said right before you told that story was you didn't consider it zero waste. Yeah. What did you consider it? A more conscious way of life, um, leading a more conscious way of life. And my friends who are working on the organic farms just called it, let's not spend so much money, let's just go without. <laughs> so, I like it. Yeah, they, they would be like, hey, we can go without shampoo, you know, just water. Uh, they tried it with vinegar, I tried it too, but didn't really work for us because of the smell. Nobody likes the smell. So we, uh, we went just with water. And I realized, yeah, I actually like to just wash my hair with just water. It works and we don't really need shampoo. I'll, I invite you to come try to brush my hair after me trying oh, yeah. to do that. You can oh try my gosh. Mine. It, oh, it's true. You have very I curly can't. hair too. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember trying that when I first was introduced to this whole topic. And yeah. I tried, you know, the, the no poo. Yeah. I tried bars. I tried like the apple cider vinegar, like rinse. Yeah. And, it's all great, except I can't brush my hair with any of them. Like, really? it's crazy. It ends up like a bird's nest. Like, you could hide an entire, oh like, <laughs> you can, like, go on a trip and not bring a suitcase. You could just hide all your stuff in my hair. It's crazy. Can you just walk us through some of the things that you started removing from your life, I guess, maybe one by one? Or okay. was it all immediate? Or um, did you kind of have this, like, revolution? Yeah. I think for me, because I have really... Uh, curly hair which is not very common in Singapore growing up this was something that I really thought about a lot like you think about uh, you know all these girls with the nice silky hair and then mine is not and you get very self-conscious about it so uh, I was like always thinking how you know should I buy more uh, hair products to keep it tame and um, my mom would be like conditioner and stuff like that and there was one point when I remember when I was a kid that she said oh go wash your hair and I went in and just thought, I have enough of this. And I just used water and I came out, she couldn't tell. And I was like, oh, actually, it can get away with just water. And I still remember that moment because every every now and then, you know, when I was growing up, I would be like, yeah, getting away with just water. But uh, it, like when, they, when my friends brought up, you know, let's try using like all these random things. We tried with, I even tried like rice flour, very, very weird rice flour, like apple cider vinegar and stuff. And I realized that, you know, at the end of all of that, just water and a brush really worked for me. Um, that was actually one of the first things that I changed, um, that I swapped, like not using all that, all that chemical products and stuff. Um, yeah, and yeah, hair is a big thing to me. So that was one of the first things. And then once I once I did that, um, I've always been conscious about plastic bags and stuff, so we wouldn't really take them. But I became a bit stricter about that uh, once we all decided together, like we are gonna we're gonna be more careful about things that we use. Eventually, I got the straws, and that's why I started the bamboo straw um, business. The, the reason why I thought straws were a thing was because I was avoiding them. I was just like not taking straws, but people would just put them in the uh, like in the drink and say, it's, it's okay, it's easier to drink, it won't hurt your teeth or something like that. And I realized that this was really one small thing that we don't think about. And I think in the past few years, the movement has been growing so much. When I, when I first started, people's reaction were like, but why? And now if I were to 
talk about straws or they see a bamboo straw, their their question wouldn't be like, why? But, oh, that's cool. That's a straw, right? So they actually recognize it. So I guess like all of us grow up with all the alternatives um, available in the market and it's very convenient for us to just buy the product, right? So yeah. when you started this lifestyle, how did you transition and what were like the challenges that you face? Mm. I think for me, because especially when I was backpacking a lot, I actually minimized a lot of things because I, I don't, you know, like to carry very much. So um, in my bag, it would just be like really essential items. I felt like for me, it was a bit, it was quite easy. I understand why mo most people would find it a bit difficult to change. I felt it, I felt it was easy because it was things that I didn't mind going without actually. Um, most people say that the things that are difficult to change are like the hair products, the like um, cutleries that you, they think they have to buy or Tupperware and bottles and stuff. But um, I always remind them, especially when they say we're students, we don't have money to buy all these things. You don't actually have to buy it. You actually have all these things at home, your forks and spoons that you use for dinner. You can actually just bring them out and use them in the office or use them when you're going you're out with friends in case you go to hawker center, you want to avoid disposables. It's not something that you have to spend extra money per se. The zero waste movement recently has become, uh, I'll, dare I say, like a, a fad in a way yeah. or a trend. Yes. And I feel like people are under a lot of pressure to buy into yeah. zero waste instead of just becoming more zero waste like it's actually something you have to buy yeah um, it's almost like zero waste is for sale and it has a price tag and it's very exclusive um like you said like you know to have um you know those beautiful portable tupperware yeah, you know mason jars <laughs> and like all these great things um uh do you feel like there were some things that you did end up buying because you felt like that was that was not something you had at home or or something that was easier that really helped your your journey for me, that was a thermal flask because I used to just use like a normal water bottle and it would get everything wet. So I got a flask and it's double wall insulated. It doesn't like sweat over all your stuff. So things like that, I think, um, and you should consider that the thing that you buy and whether or not it's really, really going to be useful for you. So for example, I have in my shop there are like different kinds of flasks and when people want to buy them I, I walk them through like so what do you normally drink um, do you need it this way or that way and at the end of its lifespan how will you deal with it for example like um, a stainless steel flask the body is entirely stainless steel and at the end of its lifespan how will you deal with it you can entirely recycle the body and the cap can be reused for other sizes of the bottle the same kind and Maybe the other bot bottle is mixed material, so you wouldn't be able to recycle it. Would you? Can you justify it by, are you going to use it for a long, long time, for example? Yeah. For me, I mean, like it's, gonna, it's a personal question because I've always had a misconception about um, this kind of movement. So um, a lot of people who is pursuing this lifestyle would always recommend to make your things, like to make the products that you should be using because it would be less um, waste. Yes. Is it... Um, how true is that um, mm -hmm. myth of you? You should like, for example, not buying your um, a toothpaste. You yeah. should make your own toothpaste. Is it necessarily be lesser waste mm -hmm. if you don't buy toothpaste and if you make yours? And how much really investment are you putting in, like time-wise and yeah. money-wise? Actually, yes, Ray. I think about that a lot. So when I first got into this um, 
conscious living thing, I was looking online and seeing like what people overseas were doing um, for solutions with when I was to get like toothpaste and stuff like that, and they were making their own. I I I did try once to make my own lip balm, and it didn't really work out. Uh, and then I realized that uh, you know when you when you buy buy materials to make the thing sometimes you might have to buy more than what you need to make the item and most of these things like if you're if you're going to make lip balm for example you just need like one small tin or toothpaste you're not going to use like that much toothpaste quick enough to to make another batch actually so if you were to make your own stuff i think it would make more sense if you were to make it with friends and then everybody is sharing the materials but if you're just making it for yourself you might end up wasting more of the materials because you might not use them up in time there was an article that came out um that was saying that the diy movement and 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 especially the diy zero waste movement is putting women back in the kitchen and i thought that was a really very strong statement to make um yeah. but as i read through it I kind of, it, it almost resonated with me on a personal level in terms of the time and almost the anxiety that I have sometimes when I feel like I want to be sustainable. And so there are some things that I could put more time into and make, for example, I could bake my own bread and, yep. you know, I could, you know, I can make my own deodorant and my own lip gloss, like you said. Um, but the anxiety that that brings me in terms of, yeah. oh my gosh, like, will I be able to a succeed and not waste the material? Yeah. <laughs> I get, I'm, a, I'm not a natural like baker, you know, this is, this is not something I do often. So there's yeah. that. And then there's also, so yeah, this whole this whole feeling of especially when you scroll through, if you just scroll through Instagram, you put in the hashtag zero waste and you see the top photos that come up. So many people are kind of elevating this this like perfect uh, vision, glorified view of what it is to be zero waste and to be like this perfect homemaker almost. <laughs> so I wanted to know your thoughts, just your opinion on 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 that. Okay, so I decided that if I'm if I'm unlikely to succeed at doing it, then I would more I would prefer to just like support a small business that was making it and I would just buy it for somebody who was making this product. For me, I don't feel the pressure of having to make everything myself, but um, I, I do see that online like people are trying to do more making their own things. I think it's always good to know how things are made, but we don't have to feel forced to do it. Do you think zero waste is a female, is a very, very female-centered trend in a way? I think Instagram is a very female-centered <laughs> trend. So maybe that's why, because we are basing our, our view of it on Instagram and social media. And mm. actually, I do have quite a few like guy friends who they care a lot, but they're not going to be putting on Instagram like, I'm bringing a mason jar around and stuff. So maybe that's why. I think um, not only girls are, con are very concerned or aware now, I think lots of people are and it's quite evenly spread. So if you've mentioned that you do some products of your own, um, how much time do you spend for that? Okay, so the main thing that I make on my own is my hair oil and it's really easy to make. So my mom has been making this for years and I just do the same now. It just takes coconut oil and a few drops of essential oil. It takes like literally like no time to make. So we just fill the bottle with coconut oil, put in the drops of essential oil and then we use that. And we I used to use that also on, on my skin as like a moisturizer, but I stopped doing that and because now I found a really nice moisturizer from some Share. little shop. It's a it's a little shop in Bangkok. So when I go there, I, I get it. Or yeah, it's made by my friend. So it's really nice. Smells so good. So I've changed to that. 
I have to say, like, the last conversation that we had, um, you shared to me, like, there's a movement of people not using soap yeah. for their hair. Yes. And I'm trying that al- already. Like, so I used to, yeah, I used to, um, no body soap, right? Yeah. So I shower twice, <laughs> um, morning and evening. So in the morning, I don't use soap anymore. Yeah. So it, and I feel like there's no difference. Like, I right? think water is enough, as yeah. you've mentioned. So, yeah, unless you're going like doing crazy stuff in your sleep. Like, I, there's <laughs> not much that's happening between when you go to sleep and when you wake up. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Are there things that you miss that you used to? eat or use that you feel like you, you you don't anymore because you've you've kind of replaced it with something else or you just don't use it anymore because it has plastic packaging um actually the the one thing that i like stopped getting is nutella because they have palm oil in it so that's the that's like the one thing that maybe i i look at and i'm like i quite like nutella i don't really miss it i just Think about, I used to eat a lot of Nutella, and I don't anymore. But other than that, I don't find myself missing very much. This is interesting that you bring up palm oil. So I think a lot of people do think of zero waste as very much a packaging-related, mm. um, ac- mm. I, I, I don't I say activity, it's not activity, what is it, lifestyle? <laughs> um, but it does have to do a lot with the ingredients of yeah. the things that you're buying. Can you talk more about that? Being more careful about the things that we introduce in our lives and the, the businesses and the practices that we support. So by by looking at the labels on, on on items and then you know what went into them or when you talk to people who made them and you know what they've chosen to use, um, sometimes it's, it's even just good to have conversations about why did you choose to use this one? Was it like, was it a conscious choice or could it have been done better maybe? I think it's always like about improving. That's a really good point because I, I think my, my personal philosophy is that zero zero waste doesn't exist yeah, because there's never going to be a zero there's never going to be a yeah. zero right so even when you buy into a product that might be more conscious or more sustainable in its production um, at the end of the day there are resources that produced yeah. that product right? for some things um okay like when i go to the supermarket sometimes i look at like the choices and there's there's vegetables from local farms or malaysia and then there are like fruits that are from South Africa and stuff. And then you see like, oh my God, they've flown a thing all the way from South Africa. And sometimes these things are are like on on a big discount because they're, they're like bruised or something and they can't sell it anymore or they want to throw it. And, and you realize that these things were flown from super far away and you're like, why all that effort when we have like things that we could eat around here or regionally? So, so, so sometimes when we choose stuff and it doesn't seem like the best, best choice at first, but maybe it makes sense for your budget and you're really going to use it, um, use it up or use it very, very well. I think that you, you always have to, it's not a black and white thing. It's like a gray. So buy, buy the South African fruit, even though it's not local, if it's bruised and it's about to be wasted. Basically, I think it's because it's throw not. I it out and then I take it for free. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you think that there's um, the zero waste is the epitome of sustainability in a sense that that people who are using zero waste, people and companies who are using zero waste as almost like the stamp of 
um, not approval, but it's that we've accomplished this. We've become zero waste. Do you think that that is the, the be all end all in terms of becoming sustainable? I think this is just like one part of being sustainable. There are like so many other things like when it comes to production or sourcing and stuff like that, that you can't say this is the be all and end all, but it could be something that inspires their choices. So I'm not sure if you will agree with this question, but do you think zero waste lifestyle is um, an inconvenient kind of lifestyle? And if it is, will it ever change? I, d- I don't feel like it's inconvenient, but I know that there are people who feel that it is. Um, I think a lot of, of the habits actually are going back to how things were done before in the past. Like I remember my parents, um, they still do like bringing tinkat or like a metal container out to pack things back home instead of taking them in the styrofoam boxes and stuff. And habits like being careful about what what we what we buy or discard because maybe in the past due to financial constraints, then you'll be like, I'll be very careful where I spend my money or um, instead of throwing it out, I'll mend it. Um, these are habits that are coming back from the past, I think. And we've just grown very used to uh, the convenience. Also, it's not about inconvenience to an individual, but how about the inconvenience in general, like in the future? If our actions now can cause like a very great inconvenience, you know, with like, for example, temperature rising and like uh, like this kind of discomfort that is on, on a global scale and not just an individual. These are the reasons why we should, as individuals, make some kind of change. The S-Word was written and produced by Laura Francois and me, Ray Puddit. Make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.